Our top stories this week. The Canadian government faces cannabis lawsuit. MasterCard bans cannabis purchases. And New York cannabis operator revels in financial success. Oh, and a bit of an urgent update on the date for Business of Cannabis New York. Welcome to this new episode of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. If by the end of this episode you've really enjoyed what you've heard, we'd love it if you give us a follow in your favorite podcast app. We like Apple Podcasts, but the choice is yours. Canadian government faces cannabis lawsuit. The Canadian federal government's failure to facilitate research into the potential health issues associated with cannabis consumption has led to potential legal action. According to Toronto-based newspaper The Globe and Mail, the former Canadian health minister has said the lack of research following recreational cannabis legalization in 2018 was a big disappointment. The big disappointment coming out of the legalization project is that governments and researchers have not stepped up in the way that we'd hoped after legalization to do a lot of that research. Anne McClellan, who was part of the task force responsible for laying the groundwork for legalization, said. MasterCard bans cannabis purchases. The global cannabis industry is grappling with significant challenges in securing reliable banking and payment services following MasterCard's recent decision to prohibit cannabis purchases on its debit cards in the US. This is in addition to the payment restrictions imposed by e-commerce platforms like Shopify in Europe. Amid this financial limbo, Atalus Pay from Prohibition Partners emerges as a fresh source of optimism, introducing the first open banking payment gateway for the cannabis industry. With a commitment to further expanding financing payment services, Atalus Pay aims to facilitate safer, easier and less risky trading of legal cannabis while eliminating the reliance on cash transactions that currently pose significant risks to companies. John Hogg, Managing Director of Atalis, commented on the company's mission, saying, Atalis Pay aims to revolutionize the way cannabis businesses access financial services. Our open banking system will pave the way for a more inclusive and secure financial ecosystem for the industry, allowing legal cannabis companies to operate with the same ease as other businesses. New York Cannabis Operator Revels in Financial Success the first adult-use cannabis dispensary to open in New York has seen $12 million in sales in its first six months of operation. CAURD Licensee Housing Works Cannabis Co. opened on December 29, 2022, and within three hours of opening, saw an estimated $40,000 in sales. This amounts to over $1.6 million in the first month and approximately $12 million in the first six months of operations. As part of parent organization Housing Works, Housing Works Cannabis Co. gives the proceeds of its sales directly to helping New Yorkers. This includes supporting healthcare, housing, job training, harm reduction, case management, advocacy for health equity and social justice initiatives, LGBTQ youth programs and sexual health services. The organization stated that it has directed millions in cannabis proceeds towards some of New York City's most urgent community needs. In other news for North America, 
Maryland saw consumers spend a record total of $87.4 million on cannabis products in its first month of adult-use cannabis sales. This compares with the $43 million spent on medical cannabis products in the state in July 2022. Under the new law, existing medical dispensaries are permitted to pay a conversion fee and sell both adult-use and medical cannabis. After adult-use sales launched on July the 1st, consumers in the state have spent an average of $2.8 million a day. The first weekend of sales alone saw $20.9 million, which has racked up to $65.7 million by July 23rd. The data from the Maryland Cannabis Administration shows that consumers spent the most on flowers, with sales reaching over $50 million, followed by concentrates at over $22 million and infused edibles reaching over $6 million. Another seven unlicensed cannabis dispensaries were shut down in New York yesterday as state officials continue their crackdown. Last week, Business of Cannabis reported that one of New York's largest unlicensed cannabis stores, the Empire Cannabis Club, was fighting back against Governor Kathy Hochul's ongoing campaign to clamp down on the state's estimated 3,500 unlicensed shops. Yesterday, officials announced that a further seven unlicensed stores in the western part of the state had been targeted after reportedly ignoring numerous notices to cease operating without approval. According to the Associated Press, owner of the I'm Stuck cannabis stores in Cayuga, Oswego and Wayne Counties, David Tully, has also been accused of selling cannabis to underage customers. He told the publication he adamantly denied the allegations and as his stores only offer consultation and education services, he did not require a license. Cresco Labs and Columbia Care have announced they've ended plans to enter a mutual agreement which would have seen Cresco acquire all of the issued and outstanding shares of Columbia Care. CEO and co-founder of Cresco Labs, Charles Batchel, stated, In light of the evolving landscape in the cannabis industry, we believe the decision to terminate the planned transaction is in the long-term interest of Cresco Labs and our shareholders. We want to express our sincere gratitude to Columbia Care for their valuable collaboration and dedication during this transaction. Moving forward, we remain committed to our year of the core strategy, which involves the swift restructuring of low-margin operations, improving competitiveness, and driving efficiencies in markets where we maintain leading market share and scaling operations to prepare for growth catalysts in emerging markets. Minnesota citizens can now legally purchase adult-use cannabis after the state enacted a bill that was signed into law on the 30th of May of this year. Governor Tim Waltz signed the legalization which came into effect on August the 1st, 2023, making Minnesota the 23rd state to legalize adult-use cannabis. Under the new law, the Office of Cannabis Management will regulate cannabis for both medical and adult use, as well as lower-potency hemp edibles, and it'll be responsible for issuing licenses and developing regulations. Speaking at the time of signing the legalization, Governor Waltz stated, We've known for too long that prohibiting the use of cannabis hasn't worked. By legalizing adult-use cannabis, we're expanding our economy, creating jobs, and regulating the industry to keep Minnesotans safe. And now, Europe's headlines. 
The UK's National Health Service, the NHS Research Ethics Committee, this week approved the full-scale rollout of a new clinical trial into medical cannabis and non-cancer chronic pain. AIM-listed medical cannabis company Celadon Pharmaceuticals announced on Tuesday, August the 1st, that its subsidiary has now received the green light to launch its CANPAIN trial after receiving conditional approval from the MHRA, that's the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, last April. The news marks the latest in a string of promising medical cannabis research developments from UK companies in the past month, as the industry continues its slow but steady campaign to expand access for patients with the ultimate goal of achieving NHS reimbursement In January, Business of Cannabis reported that the UK's medical cannabis industry had wasted little time in shaking off the stagnation experienced in 2022 as the country's leading cannabis companies released a flurry of updates. This momentum has seemingly continued to build throughout the year, coinciding with the continued growth of private prescriptions. According to a recent FOI request, the number of private prescriptions between January and September of 2022 hit 68,556, an increase of 171% on the same period a year earlier, and more than the total 43,927 prescriptions seen in 2021. MGC Pharmaceuticals released a flurry of updates over the past week, announcing plans to launch a $2.7 million share purchase plan for its Australian investors, just weeks after conditionally raising a further £700,000. The update came amid the release of the company's quarterly cash flow statement, a number of personnel changes alongside news of a significant step forward in its psilocybin research project. On August the 1st, MGC informed investors that it proposes to offer each shareholder with a registered address in Australia the opportunity to subscribe for up to 30,000 Australian dollars of new fully paid ordinary shares. The shares will be offered at 0.0023 cents per share, representing a discount of 23.3% on the day's closing price. On July 14th, the company announced it had conditionally raised 650,000 pounds by way of a placing and subscription of 541 million 666,667 new ordinary shares at a price of 0.12 pence, with CEO Roby Zoma investing another £50,000. The sale price represented a discount of 57% from the closing price as of July 12, with the funds reportedly being used to bridge the company's general working capital requirements. Chill Brands also published financial results this week, revealing a significant drop in year-on-year revenues in the 12 months to March the 31st, 2023, in turn seeing its stock price fall by around 30%. Over the year, Chill reported revenues of £82,840, down nearly 90% on the £624,187 it reported in the same period a year earlier. Meanwhile, it made a loss for the period of £4.3 million, which, while down from the £5.7 million loss it reported a year earlier, still eclipsed its incoming cash. Thanks to total fundraising activity of £3.5 million before costs over the period, Chill reportedly 
had just over £3.7 million at the bank at year-end. It offered a number of reasons for its significant drop in revenues during the year, also highlighting that 448k of the 624k it made in 2022 was generated by a single-sale event to Ox Distributing. Cannabis cultivator Hellenic Dynamics also reported its full-year financials this week, alongside news it's received an EU grant for €304,000. In the year to March 31st, 2023, a year in which Hellenic went public, the pre-revenue company reported a total comprehensive loss of £4.6 million. A significant portion of this was attributed to a non-cash share-based payment charge of £3.7 million relating to its reverse takeover in December 2022. As of the period end, Hellenic reported cash and cash equivalents of £2.1 million, and the company says it expects that its first commercial cultivation will occur in the coming months. On the same day, Hellenic reported that it has successfully received a substantial grant via the EU Horizon Europe project. And as always, you can read more about all of this week's top stories at businessofcannabis.com. Cannabis Events We've got a couple of upcoming events to invite you to and an update. Our flagship conference, Business of Cannabis New York, will now take place a month later on the 3rd of November of this year. We'll once again bring together the most influential businesses, financial institutions and policymakers from across the sector for a packed one-day programme providing best-in-class networking opportunities with key industry figures, sought-after insights, and a trusted knowledge hub for the New York cannabis industry. You can grab your tickets today and join us on the 3rd of November, 2023, that updated date. Also, after a hugely successful event in London recently, tickets are now on sale for Cannabis Europa 2024. Next year will be the 10th installment of Europe's premier B2B Cannabis Conference and Expo. Tickets on sale via Eventbrite and Cannabis-Europa.com. Oh, and by the way, back to Business of Cannabis New York on November the 3rd. Sponsorship applications for Business of Cannabis New York are now open. If you'd like to find out more and apply, visit CannabisNewYork.live or email info at businessofcannabis.com. Links, as always, to all the info in our show notes. Well, that's it for another episode of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, we would love it if you drop us a review in your favorite podcast listening app of choice. We love Apple Podcasts, and trust me, it really helps other people make a decision to listen to this show. So we'd love it if you did it. Yeah.